Hello everyone, my name is Rick, Rick van Bruggen from NEO and uh, here I am again on a Skype call recording the next episode in our Grafistania podcast and today I have a, I would say an, an all-timer in our Neo4j community on the other side of the Skype call uh, all the way from uh, Lille in France and that's uh, Nicolas Mervailly. Hey Nicolas, how are you? Hey, good morning Rick, thanks for inviting me. Absolutely, yeah, it was a, it was a something that I should have done probably a long time ago because you've been part of the French community for such a long time, but uh, I, I finally got round to it, so I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> Nicolas, why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners, you know, who are you and what's your relationship to the wonderful world of graphs? Okay, I'm, uh, I'm a consultant at uh, GraphAware. Um, we are a company dedicated to Neo4j and we help people uh, succeed with their on their projects with uh, by doing consultancy and training and development around neo4j okay and as part of uh, graphware i'm doing some client projects uh, and also most of my time i'm working on uh, spring data neo4j and uh, neo4j ogm so but you've been part of the neo4j community for quite some time right before you joined graphware <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I started uh, maybe um, four or five years ago by doing a, a TIL Recipe Analysis project. So it's, it's been quite a while. I remember that. That was a fantastic uh, project, right? You were analyzing, analyzing like uh, uh, receipts from a, from a point of sales uh, cashier thing, right? Yeah, that's right. We, it started uh, when um, when the, this company realized that uh, the BI teams couldn't do it in the time frame and the allowed budget. And so we started looking at it, and in a few hours, we we realized with the Neo4j console, and we we were quickly convinced that the Neo4j could do the job. And uh, that's it. A few days later, we were importing millions of receipts into Neo4j. Fantastic. That yeah, sounds like a great use case. And probably that's a good segue to kind of explain, you know, how and why you got into this, uh, this world. You know, what, what, what's, your, what's your attraction to, um, to graphs? Well, it, it all started with this project. I mean, um, and after that, uh, I get... I got a lot in touch with the the community around Neo4j, which is a, a very special thing uh, to me uh, uh, around the Neo4j because the community is fantastic. And after that, I always kept in touch with uh, with the guys in France or at the occasion of Graph Connects. And yeah, it's always such a pleasure to to see and discuss with people, such passionate people. Yeah. Absolutely. And is there was there a, a particular reason why you thought that um, Neo4j was such a great great fit for that um, you know ticket analysis project or, or for other projects uh, specifically? You know, why, why do you think it was a good fit? Well, because um, it allowed us to to model things quite like in the real world, and uh, we were amazed at how fast uh, we, we got up and running with, uh, with all this. It, it was really a matter of days. And yeah, <laughs> this is really, really what I liked, the, the fact that solving problems really quickly. And I think, yeah, Neo4j graph databases are a great technology to, to really go fast on finding solutions. 
And you're someone who's who's quite technical, right? You you come from the Java world, is that right? Yeah. Uh, before uh, discovering uh, Neo4j, I've been working um, like since 15 years or 18 years uh, doing consultancy uh, with Java and Spring in general, um, coaching teams, uh, doing some technical leads or technical expertise around Java and helping people uh, develop better applications. So, so tell us a little bit more about the, this this work that you've been doing on the the Spring Data Neo for J, because that's been a, it's been around for quite some time, but it had like a big refresh, I think, uh, not too long ago, right? You you guys really redeveloped most of it, I think. Yeah, um, it's been we we just released version five of it, um, and it's, we've been working on it like for a bit less than one year. Uh, about Spring Data Neo4j, well, it's a, it's a framework that makes developing uh, Java and more JVM-based application faster. Um, there's, there are quite a lot of big companies using it. Uh, and yeah, with these new versions, we, we added a lot of new features, like making the, the programming model more fluent, uh, adding powerful features and be sure that uh, this was already for uh, um, enterprise use cases, like really uh, good uh, cluster support or um, working on going toward uh, reactive uh, programming models or even based architectures. Cool. And, and as I understand it, and I, you have to forgive me here because I am not a Java programmer, um, but as I understand it, part of Spring Data Neo4j is the uh, the uh, object graph mapper, right? Is that is that true? Yes, that's right. And, um, and how how does that work? Because people might know like uh, uh, object relational mappers, but object graph mappers are are quite interesting in my book, you know, because they are, you know, they they, they typically tend to be a lot lighter than the uh, the object relational mappers, right? Yes, because they are dedicated to Neo4j in this case, and but we can really see them as uh, equivalent. Um, yeah, OGM, the Neo4j OGM is really what's under the hood of uh, Spring Data Neo4j. It's really the the engine behind Spring Data, and Spring Data Neo4j is what makes integrating this OGM into um, uh, the, the Spring ecosystem and making it fluent for people and, and enterprises that often use uh, Spring Framework when they, they, they get into larger projects to, to make it really fluent um, and make the use of Neo4j uh, very easy uh, on projects that are already uses, using Spring. But as I understand it, you can use the object to graph mapper without Spring, right? That's possible, right? Sure, when you're not a Spring shop, uh, using just plain OGM makes it available for plain Java applications to, to use Neo4j, that's right. Well, you know, I think what, uh, what we'll do is we'll, we'll include a couple of links to, uh, to all of this um, beautiful stuff uh, in the transcription of the podcast, and then uh, we can just uh, point people in the right direction. Oh, but sure. um, 
I'd like to talk a little bit more about uh, the future, if you don't mind. You know, what 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 does the future hold? You know, for you, Nicola, for Graph for uh, for for GraphAware, and and obviously also for our industry. You know, uh, how do you look at that? You know, you've been in, well, in in the ecosystem for quite some time, so you probably have a perspective. Well, a lot of things in come in mind. Um, <laughs> well, I hope that the, the the future will show that Neo4j can help make a better world. I mean, when we see the Panama or Paradise Papers more recently. Um, I find it How really great. That, right? <laughs> yeah. That's fantastic. To see such amazing things coming with with the help of Neo4j and uh, Linkurious and GraphAware and other projects like that. Um, otherwise, I mean, I think in the future we'll see graph databases more and more integrated into solutions. In the past, for example, I've been working on project information management system. And I see how it can be painful with uh, traditional databases and how slow and complicated uh, it can be to use traditional technologies to implement some such solutions. And I think like graph databases are really a game changer uh, for solutions like that. So I expect to see more and more use of graph databases for it. Um, I'm also amazed to see the, the all the things we can build on top of Neo4j, for example, at GraphAware, we are working a lot on natural language processing and building knowledge graphs uh, with Neo4j. And, well, there's pretty much work in progress yet. I but saw that at GraphConnect. Yeah. Christophe was demonstrating that, right? Christophe Willemsen. Yeah, and, yeah, and building really chatbots right. chat around it. And I'm really impatient to see where this will lead us. But as I understand it, there's something else in your future. I hear that uh, you're working on a book, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, a, a French book, uh, which is going to be published this month. Uh, so I, I'm a modest co-author of this book. The, the, the main man behind this is uh, Sylvain Rossi, which is the uh, Lyon uh, meetup organizer. And you wrote another book, right? Yeah, yeah that was the first version of the book uh, a few years ago. And there is also Nicolas Rouillet, which organize, who organizes the meetups in Toulouse uh, of Neo4j. And yeah, it's a quite different book from the usual you can read around. Uh, I mean, it's, it's the really a story uh, uh, with characters talking and discussing about how they to build a, a complete solution using Neo4j. So it really starts with the design and the the needs uh, for this solution and go all through till uh, they put it in production and you know monitor it and backups and so on. Sounds really interesting. I think we we need something like that in uh, in English as well, actually. So uh, <laughs> I'll, I'm, I'm looking forward to reading it. Absolutely. Um, so, Nicola, I think uh, we're going to wrap up the podcast. Uh, as you know, we keep this uh, quite short so that people can. Uh, can uh, you know enjoy it uh, on their commutes and stuff like that? But um, I want to thank you for coming online and and, um, and doing this with me. It was a real pleasure, and I look forward to uh, meeting you at one of the future community events. Right? Yeah. Thank you, Rick. Thank you very much. And yeah, see you at the next event. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Bye bye. Bye bye.